Welcome to the Beers and Ears podcast. Here are your hosts, Casey Woolley and Matthew Brown. Well, hello and welcome to the Beers and Ears podcast. This is Casey. Normally Matt would say hi right now, but I've actually given Matt the day off. I, uh, I thought about it and Matt has done a lot of singular podcasts because I'm either out going somewhere or out you know, on a trip somewhere. And, you know, I have reported back in several times on the different trips that I've taken to Walt Disney World or Disneyland. And so uh, last night when we were supposed to record, we were going to be out. And I told Matt, I said, you know what, take the weekend off. I got this. So welcome into the Beers and Airs podcast. So glad you're here. Um, Really what we're going to use today for, uh, it's the day after Halloween, and I hope you had a spectacular Halloween with your friends and family. Uh, Depending on when you're listening to this, it might even be a couple days or a couple weeks removed. But we're actually going to talk a little bit about the trip that I took uh, with my brother uh, last week to the Walt Disney World Resort for my second Momentum Retreat with um, a podcast guest that we had sub-podcast, and that is Lou Mangiello. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about the experience at the retreat. I also want to talk a little bit about uh, Walt Disney World Resort. It's back on full cylinders. Um, I, I would say at this point, uh, pandemic, what pandemic is kind of where we're at there. You know, not trying to make light of the pandemic, obviously, but I do feel that uh, society in general seems to have moved itself back into a sense of normalcy, and that, of course, includes Disney. And I want to talk a little bit about just some of the changes Walt Disney World has made um, in light of the pandemic and as well as just the the monetary changes they've made and whether or not it's still worth it to go to Walt Disney World. Spoiler alert, it is. (laughs) So that's what we're going to do today. Uh, It's just me and I, I hope you enjoy the show. So. Anyway, I wanted to start a little bit about um, going to Walt Disney World in the fall, and I think I touched on this a little bit um, a couple of episodes ago, but if not, uh, going to Walt Disney World um, a couple of episodes ago, but if not, uh, going to Walt Disney World in the fall is an absolutely amazing time to go. And when I say fall, I typically mean maybe final week of September through uh basically first week of December. There's a couple of reasons for this. Number one, weather. The weather during this time period, um, it's it's moderated a little bit. Now, I do caveat that with one thing. Obviously, there is the risk of the hurricane. And, um, you know, it, it, I feel like at this point, it's almost always hurricane season, but really hurricane season starts right around June and goes through October. So you do have a little bit of a risk of the of a hurricane um, affecting your trip. But any good travel advisor will tell you, purchase the travel insurance. And even if you don't purchase the travel insurance, <clears throat> Disney themselves, as well as the airlines and all of the other services that you might be good when something like this is going to affect your trip. But the weather in general is really spectacular during this time. You're typically dealing with, um, you know, early morning, you're you're in, in the 50s, so it might be like shorts and hoodie weather for you. Uh, and then same with l- later in the evening. But then during the day, you're looking at, you know, 70s, maybe highs of 83, 84 at most. So you're getting the Florida sunshine, still warm enough that if you want to take a dip in the pool, you can. 
but cool enough that it's um, really pleasant during those early morning and late evenings. And I would say it's better than sweltering during the hot summer months when you're up over 100 in some cases, right? So I had the chance to um, explore Walt Disney World last week, which would have been October 20th through October 25th with my brother, Ryan, who has been on the podcast a couple of times. And we went down for a, a special workshop called the Momentum Workshop. I had mentioned November, but for those of you who remember Lou Mangello, Lou Mangello is the founder of and podcast host of the WDW Radio Nation, basically. If you just go to WDW Radio, you can learn about Lou. Lou Lou's story is pretty spectacular in that he used to be a lawyer in New Jersey, and he decided one day he didn't want to be a lawyer anymore, and he had this passion for Disney, and so he thought he could bring a touch of the Disney magic to people all around the country, now the world in some cases, and he packed up with his family and he moved to Orlando several years ago, over a decade ago, maybe even longer at this point, 15 years ago, and he's built a business. Um, he's a, a world-class speaker. He speaks all around the world. Um, he interacts with a community of well over 20,000 people or more called the WDW Radio Nation, um, and he is a mentor in a lot of ways that he teaches people and, um, and he is a mentor in a lot of ways that he teaches people to find their passion. And so he's hosted the momentum workshop now for several, um, years. I believe this was the sixth one. It's a small intimate workshop where, um, a group of 50, no more than 50, but 50 or less people um, come together. Um, typically, these are entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, uh, or people who just want to add a touch of, of Disney magic or passion into their everyday endeavors, their, their lives, even their own work. But the idea is to pursue what matters most to you. Uh, last year, was what the, the theme was all about the compass. What is your North Star? This year was all about puzzles. And the idea here is, you know, when you're building your own business or you're trying to infuse uh, to the, the work that you do or the hobby that you have, it takes time. It's like putting together a puzzle piece one step at a time. Um, I encourage anyone listening, if, if you're thinking about um, building your own business or, or, or even infusing just a touch of Disney magic into what you currently do, even if it's your regular full-time job. Um, he holds this, he holds this uh, workshop every fall. Um, and I, I was able to get my brother to go with me, Ryan, because he runs a very successful DJ business in, in Southeastern Michigan. Um, you know, I went a, to help grow our podcast and our community last year, also to bring stuff back to my full-time job. This year, I went for those same reasons, but now because I run the travel agency, or I don't say the agency, I am a travel agent, an authorized travel agent, um, and I want to grow that business, I was able to take a lot away from that as well. Um, so that's what I'll say about the conference. It was two days, amazing experience. Um, a special thank you to some of that along the way, Angie Robinson, um, doing the thing. And uh, so thank you to her, um, Tim Begonia, Eric Fisher. Um, I'm going to forget names now, <laughs> um, but y'all, y'all gave great sessions. Angela, um, another one, y'all gave great sessions. Um, the keynote this year was the head of Disney innovation, Duncan Wardle. He had spent 25 years 
with the Walt Disney Company, and he gave a riveting three-hour presentation. Um, I don't even want to call it a presentation. It was an interactive experience all about creativity and how you can infuse that back into your business, which I thought was just spectacular. Anyway, enough about the conference. Um, if you're interested in knowing more about the conference for next year, go ahead and email me. Um, you can email us at beersandears1928 at gmail.com, and I can give you all the information you want. Um, he sells out every year, and uh, it is a spectacular conference, and it is definitely something that I recommend. Okay, so let's talk about the time around the conference, which is the time that we got to spend at Walt Disney World. I have been fortunate, and I was just talking to my partner Nate about this last night, I have been fortunate to have been able to visit a Disney park now, um, or will have been fortunate to have visited a Disney park in, uh, basically four times in the last 12 months. I fully understand that I am the exception here. I get it. Uh, a Disney World or a Disneyland, a, a Disney vacation in general, is not an inexpensive vacation. Disney, in many ways, is like the apple of the vacation experience. It's a luxury product that those who can afford it take advantage of it more often than those who can't. But if you do it right, you can afford a Disney vacation. That's why it's so important to talk to a travel planner Disney vacation. That's why it's so important to talk to a travel planner um, who can help you through some of that stuff, understand where you can save money in different nooks and crannies. Um, you can do Disney on this very luxurious budget, and that's you, awesome. Um, or you can do Disney on a on more of a value budget, and if that's you, awesome. At the end of the day, you're going to get treated pretty similar in terms of um, the Disney experience and, and, and how... Uh, and how cast members look at you. I mean, cast members, when they're in the parks, they don't know if you're at the Grand Floridian or All-Star Sports. You're just a guest, and they want to provide that over-the-top experience. So Ryan and I stayed at All-Star Sports. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Walt Disney World basically has three levels of uh, uh, resorts. There's your, your, your deluxe resorts at the top. These are your, you know, they have the most amenities. They're, they're the ones that are... Um, luxurious type resorts. They usually have signature restaurants built into them. They're usually in really convenient locations or offer amazing amenities. Um, think of these resorts like the Grand Floridian, <clears throat> the Polynesian, the Contemporary, Animal Kingdom Lodge, um, the Boardwalk, <clears throat> Boardwalk, the Yachts Club, Club um, that whole, that group where you're really conveniently located to one or more of the theme parks um, with the ones on the monorail loop and the ones in the Epcot Resort area being like the, the, the flagship. I'd say Grand Floridian is probably the flagship of Walt Disney World. Um, Polynesian's probably up there as well. And then probably the Boardwalk, um, I, I'd say that area over there. Um, those are the ones that usually go for the highest amount of money per night. Um, <clears throat> then you've got your next level down. You, these ones are, this is the, the least amount in terms of quantity of how many there are, but this is your moderate resorts. Think of these like your Caribbean beaches, your Coronado Springs. Um, uh, those are like two major ones. Uh, the, the, the cabins at Fort Wilderness, Port Orleans. Again, they have great amenities. Um, maybe not as many as the deluxe resorts. They still have pretty decent locations. Several of these resorts are um, going to be um, like on the Skyline, the Skyliner, which is new or near a friendship boat. 
Finally, there's your value resorts. And, you know, while Disney classifies all value resorts kind of in the same category, I like to think of value and value plus, to be honest with you. This isn't official Disney, but this is kind of how I think about it. So we'll start with the idea of value resorts. Value resorts um, are, are Disney's lowest tier. And, and really, there are three of them. And these were built back in the 1990s. And this is the all-star resorts, all-star sports, all-star movies, and all-star music. Um, I will get back to those in a second because that's where I stayed, which was all-star sports. Two properties, which are pretty much close to one another, which are Pop Century, and then there are... Um, uh, art of animation. Now, the reason why I <clears throat> take these two and kind of split them up and say those are value plus and then the all-stars are more value, the, the art of animation and pop century, the rooms are a little bit bigger. Um, they seem a little bit cleaner. I won't say that uh, all-stars aren't clean, but they're just, they're more maintained. Um, you know, you see less chipped paint. I know that sounds crazy, but less chipped paint, better upkeep, upkeep of the facilities. Um, animation and Pop Century have been recently redone as well, which is good. Um, and for that reason, they do cost a little bit more money than the all-stars. But if you're looking for like that value-based experience, just to get in and have a place to lay your head, all-stars is great. And that's what this was for us. Like we knew... Ryan and I knew we would pretty much be going bell to bell. Um, it was just the two of us. And we had these conferences. So we didn't. And we had these conferences. So we didn't need the bells and whistles. And so we stayed at All Star Sports. Um, there are three of them. All Star Sports is themed around different sports venues tennis, uh, um, football, baseball, and I think surfing is the one of them. Um, and then you've also got um, All-Star Movies, which is themed around different Disney movies. They've got a Toy Story area. They've got a Love Bug area, a couple of others. And there's All-Star Music, which is themed around um, different music um, uh, types, you know, rock and roll, things like that. But it really is kind of just a basic experience. You get, you know, two beds. They're, they're two either full beds or queen beds. The room has some basically uh, heading type wallpaper around. It's got some Disney characters on it. Um, you know, uh, they've got a big pool. They got a couple of quiet pools as well. And they got a little small food court and a little gift shop. That's really all you need if you're going on a budget. So that's what Ryan and I did. And you know, it was exactly as I expected. Now, I will say All Star Sports is currently under construction. They're refurbishing a lot of the rooms. So it was a little inconvenient in terms of you could hear the construction. There were construction workers. And if you know, you're not necessarily a Disney um, uh, you know, fanatic and it's kind of your chance to kind of get away from the realities of the world, you don't necessarily want to be at any resort while there's construction going on. Um, this is one of those things where you definitely want to work with the travel planner. They can tell you if there's going to be a refurbishment going on at any given time and, and change your resource if necessary. We didn't look into that for our particular experience because um, it really didn't matter, but for you, it might. So anyway, um, because we're going during the fall and um, we were only going to be there for five days, we wanted to maximize our amount of time. So we basically had a travel day in, which got us in around one-ish, and then we had a travel day out. So basically, we had Thursday and Friday for park days, but Thursday was a travel day, and then we had um, Monday as a park day as well. So really, had two, and we had um, Monday as a park day as well. So really, had two full park days, but it was a matter of what do we do for that that Thursday travel day in. 
And I will tell you that if there is a party, a, a Halloween party or a holiday party going on when you're traveling or even an after hours event, that is a great use of your travel day. Because if you get in, let's say around 12 or 1, um, you can get checked into the hotel. Usually the hotels are ready to go pretty early. We, we got the message on the way once we connected with Mirrors Connect that our hotel was ready. And that was around, I'd say, 1.30, even though normal check-ins around 3. Obviously no guarantee, but it is a possibility. Um, <clears throat> we got into a room, got settled, um, got changed, and then um, headed out towards the Magic Can Kingdom area. Now, if you're in All-Star uh, Resorts, um, you're basically on the southernmost part of the property. It's going to be about a 15-20 minute bus ride um, worth of actual time in the bus. That doesn't even include the amount of time you're going to Disney typically says if you're going to travel anywhere on property, give yourself an hour. Um, depends obviously where you're going. But because we were southernmost to um, northernmost because Magic Kingdom is the very top, it's probably best to do what they say and give yourself an hour. And that's what we did. Um, we actually left around 2.30 to get to the Magic Kingdom Resort area. If you have Halloween party tickets, you cannot get into the park until 4 p.m. So, you know, this is a great opportunity for you to take a look at some of the other resorts um, while you're waiting to get in. Uh, we um, parked, we, we, we got to the Magic Kingdom, we ended up taking a ferry boat over to Grand Floridian, kind of walked around. Ryan had never seen the Grand Floridian. Um, took the monorail over to the Contemporary and showed him that as well. Um, did not do anything with the Polynesian at the time because we started to run out of time, but then we walked back over to the, um, to the Magic Kingdom entrance and this was about 345 and by that point people were lining up to and got ourselves our little trick-or-treat bags and then we were off to the races. Now just because you're getting at four o'clock, the party itself doesn't really begin until seven. Um, they start kicking people out at six and then from six to seven you can start writing some stuff and then at seven o'clock the party actually begins. Now, I've done the party once before. Um, I will tell you I had a lot more fun this time around. First of all, the weather was just better. Um, the trick-or-treat points were much more organized. It's much easier to see where you can go and get your candy. Um, we probably hit five or six different trick-or-treat points. And I think I'm on the record on this podcast saying, uh, you know, don't waste your time trick-or-treating. I don't know if I agree with that anymore. I, I think, honestly, you can get in and out of those trick-or-treat points typically in about five or ten minutes pretty quickly. Um, and they give you gobs of candy. I mean, we went through the Mickey's PhilharMagic um, trick-or-treat line. Obviously, that, that wasn't showing. They actually had the skeleton dance showing on the big screen there, which was really cool. You had gobs of candy um, when you first came in. And then when you came out, they give you gobs of candy a second time. We had so much candy. It was insane. Um Disney has partnered with uh, Mars, at least this year. So we had M&M's, uh, Snickers, um, Snickers in there? Yeah, Snickers, uh, uh, Starburst. There was a bunch of different things in there. Um, they had their M&M's um, cookie crunch um, new thing in there as well. But the real reason to go to the Halloween party besides the trick-or-treating is all the special special stuff, all the fun stuff, right? So you have the ability to see the Hocus Pocus Villain Spectacular. Had extra meaning this year because obviously Hocus Pocus 2 came out. Had a blast with that. Um, the Headless Horseman riding down Main Street USA. Absolutely awesome. Um, that pre, uh, basically precursors the Booty You Parade by about 20 minutes. And of course, the Booty You Parade comes through. And of course, there's the fireworks. I will say that maximizing your time while you're at the Halloween party is really what it's all about. Uh, a, attraction time is probably 30 minutes or less on 
pretty much all rides. And B, there are Halloween characters. Um, uh, all the characters are dressed in their Halloween outfits. You get a chance to meet um, Jafar was out. We saw him. Abu was out. It was kind of cool. Um, we had a chance to see, you get a chance to meet Jack Skellington and Sally. Obviously, Mickey and Minnie are in their Halloween apparel as well. Um, but all around, you could see different characters and, and get a chance to interact with them and, and stuff. It's a much more intimate experience. And some of the rides actually have special Halloween overlays as well. So like Pirates of the Caribbean had um, uh, actual real-life actors in the queue, which was fun. And in the ride itself, some of the, it wasn't just animatronics. There were actually a couple of actors or cast members in there who were playing pirates in the ride itself. Um, Space Mountain becomes hyperspace. Um, Space Mountain becomes hyperspace mountain or, uh, yeah, hyperspace mountain. Um, is that right? No, it's not hyperspace mountains in Disneyland. It becomes, um, basically they give it an overlay with Halloween music and make it pitch black. There's no, you can't see anything in Space Mountain whatsoever. So that was pretty cool as well. Um. So those are the two big ones. Um, of course, you know, a rite of passage is to um, uh, ride the Haunted Mansion during the Halloween party as well, which is pretty fun. But, you know, it, it, it says you're, you're there till midnight. You have to make a decision about, you know, do we stay till midnight? Do we do we go? You know, there's always these these give and takes of we can maximize our time and then take the buses back. You know, we left around 11, I want to say, so we could get back and beat some of the traffic. But, you know, the cost is not cheap. It's 100 and I think we paid $169 each um, to do the party. But that is, you get eight hours. I mean, if you go from four to midnight, you get eight hours of entertainment. But I would say that your, I would say that your value is, I don't want to say quite doubled, but it's definitely more expansive in that you're able to do um, a lot in that time and get unique experiences. And given that 169 is not too far off from what a regular ticket is going to cost you anyway, you either can make your travel day in just a pool day and resort hopping or, or Disney Springs, or if there's this special unique experience going on, I definitely would do that. Now, we get to Friday. Friday was a lot of fun in that, um, obviously, we wanted to try to get Guardians of the Galaxy and be able to ride that. Um, so that's at Epcot. And of course, the other really mainstream attraction right now and, and experiences are at Hollywood Studio, which is, um, you know, the Star Wars experiences. Right now, Guardians of the Galaxy is using the virtual queue. And, you know, <laughs> Matt had said on this podcast a few few months back, because, you know, imagine going on your vacation and this is the one ride you want to do. And, and you can't get this attraction, right? You just, for whatever reason, you just can't go. You're going to be really disappointed. And he, he thinks that he would much rather just wait in line, even if it's a five hour line to do this attraction. And I, I, I at the time I, I disagreed with him. I think this was last year, but I will tell you, um, seven o'clock woke up, got my phone ready to go by seven o'clock in four seconds, they were sold out. And we did not get one. It was it was sad. Um, so the only way we could experience was either to wait until the one o'clock release, which means we'd have to be in Epcot at one o'clock, which was completely destroying the plans that we already had, or you know pay for the the um, the ticket or the the Lightning Lane, which is exactly what we did. We we bought the Lightning Lanes and we were able to go around eleven. Um, you know, I fully get that some people are not able to do that, but you do have to be prepared to be flexible. Prepared to be flexible on what your experiences are going to be and whether or not you're going to be able to get them. I will tell you that Guardians of the Galaxy 
the ride is the, the roller coaster is absolutely um worth $15 if you want to pay for it. Now again, if you've got a family of five, that can get to be pricey. If you can get the the virtual queue, absolutely do that. Um, there's one of five songs that you're going to be riding the ride to. We happen to get Iran. Um, I don't know who it's by, but it's a good old 80s song. But it's a really immersive ride, which uses the latest technology. It's one, it's the smoothest roller coaster I've ever experienced. Uh, and I definitely think you'll like it. And don't buy into the, the people get motion sickness on this ride. I don't, this, this in my opinion, this ride, you're more likely to get motion sickness on Space Mountain than you are this ride, or even Big Thunder Mountain, um, because of just how jerky those ones are. This one, there's no jerkiness whatsoever. But anyway, Epcot, we did quite a bit. We did Soren. Epcot, we did quite a bit. We did Soren. We did Test Track. Um, we, again, did Guardians of the Galaxy. And then Remy. Um, the first three, you know, we were able to get in and out in less than 30 minutes, which was good. Remy, because, you know, we didn't have a, a lightning lane, um, at least because they went really fast. Um, we basically had to make the decision. Are we going to wait in line? And you know me, I, I've said on this podcast several times, I'm not willing to wait longer than an hour, but this was a new attraction. I absolutely wanted to ride it. And um, so, you know, this was a 70 minute wait or 60 minute wait when we got in line it ended up being an 80 minute wait. But even after when we got through it, um, <clears throat> even Ryan was like, you know what? That was worth the wait. Absolutely. That was, that was great. So, um, Remy's fun because you basically get shrunk down to the size of a, a mouse, the size of Remy, and you're running around the kitchen and they're trying to catch you, which is really cool. We ate dinner at Regal Eagle. Um, you know, at Regal Eagle, it was a Saturday night. It was during food and wine and there were drunk people everywhere and I was just in a miserable mood. Um, this time we ate there. It was more like a lunch, actually. Um, it was actually really good. Um, we, we got the brisket and we got the pulled pork. We kind of split it up and then... Um, Got the, the s'mores brownie as a kind of a split dessert, which was really good. Yeah, it was definitely worth it. The mobile ordering is definitely the way to go. It gets you in and out pretty quickly. Um, and something of note to be aware of, um, you can, in select restaurants around Walt Disney World now, they have got water bottle filter, filtered water for your water bottle bottles. So if you have a water bottle or you happen to get a bottle of water, save it. You can fill them up. There's one at Cosmic Rays in Magic Kingdom. Um, Regal Eagle is another one. In fact, Regal Eagle has got um, a soda fountain machine, very similar to the ones with the refillable um, soda in the resorts that you can just continue to refill your drink until you leave. Um, so if you're a, a pop drinker, pop drinker, soda drinker, you can do that. After that, we uh, took the Skyliner over to Disney's Hollywood Studios. And oh my goodness, we got a lot done over there. I was, during the morning, I was using Genie Plus. We had downloaded Genie Plus. To, to stack our, our lightning lanes towards the end of the day. So um, I was able to get Aerosmith's Rock and Roller Coaster, and I was able to get um, uh, Slinky Dog. I was able to get uh, Toy Story Midway Mania. We rode Star Tours just by waiting in line for like 10 minutes. It was very little wait. We also checked out the new Lightning McQueen Racing Academy, which was being built the last time I was there. That is a pretty cool attraction, especially if you've got little kids who like um, Lightning McQueen. They got a full-on animatronic Lightning McQueen in there, and wow, does he look awesome. Uh, it's got a good story. It's about a 20-minute sit-down. Totally worth the time. It's a standby, standby only. You can get in every time. It's like a show. Uh, but if you've got a Lightning McQueen or a Cars fan in your family, 
um, it is a must do. Um, I know uh, Ryan is excited to take Blake and, and Lily and Lexi uh, to see it in, in March uh, because of the experience. But basically, um, that day on, on Friday, we were able to get 15 attractions done, 15 attractions slash food. I tell you this because this is where having an authorized vacation planner um, is going to help you. They're going to be able to figure out a way to maximize your day the best way possible so you can get as much done as possible. Um, obviously, when you're traveling with two adults, it's a lot easier to move through the parks versus if you're traveling with a family of four or five. So setting your expectations right is really important. Also knowing when to put in meal breaks and rest breaks, sits and rest breaks, sit down breaks, things like that is also really important. But, but Friday is a perfect example of with the use of individual lightning lanes, the Genie Plus service, um, you can get a ton done as long as you know how to, man, I don't want to say manipulate, but work the system really. Um, we went to Disney Springs on Saturday evening big mistake. Oh my God. That I have never seen a, a place so crowded as we saw Disney Springs on Saturday. Um, and then Sunday night after the, the conference, we went to Boma over at Animal Kingdom Lodge. Uh, if you like, you know, all you can eat buffets with like a kind of a flavorful twist. Those just had African cuisine. Um, I definitely recommend Boma. Ryan loved it too. Beef short ribs, uh, chickens, uh, prime rib, um, tons of pastas, tons of vegetarian options too. So if you got a vegan or vegetarian in the mix, lots of choices for them as well. Good kids options as well. They got a kids section, great section, great desserts. Got to try the zebra domes, which are it's kind of like a white and black chocolate fondant, which is really good with a little fused with a little bit of alcohol. Um, and then Monday, um, we hit Animal Kingdom up in the morning. Did a couple of things there. We we single rode the Expedition Everest a couple times, did the, did the Lion King show, um, did Dinosaur a couple of times. Um, we didn't do Pandora. Um, I love Pandora. If it's definitely something you want to do when you're there, if it's, it's something you like, but we just didn't do it. We didn't have time. Then we park hopped over to um, Magic Kingdom at two o'clock, did some stuff there. Then we got dinner at Trails End over at the Wilderness Lodge. And then came back to Magic Kingdom, did a few more things, and then headed on out around 10 o'clock. Again, maximizing your day is all about knowing how to use Genie Plus, how to use those individual lightning lanes, how to work the standbys and the rope drops, all that stuff. If you can rope drop something in the morning, especially if you're an on-site resort guest, you typically are going to have early access for a half an hour or an hour before the park opens. You're going to get three or four attractions, two or three, I don't say three or four, two or three attractions done in the morning very quickly with very minimal weight. Then with your Genie Plus, you're going to get another three or four attractions with minimal weight. And then if you just know how to work the other attractions that have minimal weight on a regular basis, you can walk away from a Disney day with, you know, you know, 10 or 12 things done under your belt and not really feel tired about it. It's all about just making sure you plan. If you think you're going to show up to a Disney park with absolutely no plan, is it still going to be enjoyable? Yes. Are you going to maximize your time? Absolutely not. So anyway, that was the trip. Like I said, Halloween party, worth it. Um, you know, using Genie Plus, absolutely worth it. Um, I, you know, using that travel planner to help you figure out the best the best route for your, your family um, is going to be your best bet. 
So if you're interested in using my services, Magical Memories by Casey, um, please reach out. You can go to sorcerernetwork.com. You can find um, the initial interest form right there. You can fill that out. You can also just go to facebook.com slash magicalcasey. It's there as well. Um, it, the way this basically works is once I know who you are, we'll talk either on the phone or I'll send you a quick form, uh, uh, a Walt Disney World planning blueprint, which basically asks you, what type of trip are you trying to have? What's your budget? Who's going? When are you looking to go? What do you want to accomplish? And then from there, we'll start to get the, the resort book, the park tickets done. And then um, from there, I can help you either um, plan your dining reservations and experience reservations 60 days out or walk you through how to do it on your own. Um, once you download the My Disney Experience app, um, it's fun to get in there and start to play with that. I, I showed that to Ryan. He started playing around with it, started playing around with it as well. So feel free to, you know, email me at caseywoolley at MainStreetMoreTravel.com and, and we can we can walk through that. Like I said, I'll send you that form. And the whole idea is is you are in control of whatever your vacation is. I'm there to just help guide you on what that trip is. All right, we're going to go ahead and wrap up the show. It looks like it's closing time. Um, if you want to get a hold of either Matt or I, again, beersandears1928 at gmail.com. Find us on Twitter and Instagram at BeersEars1928. Find us on Facebook at the Beers and Ears Podcast. Again, feel free to email me for any travel planning needs that you have, Casey Woolley at MainStreetMoreTravel.com. Visit our website, SorcererNetwork.com. It's got all of our uh, podcast episodes, not only in chronological order, but also by category. It also got Matt, has, other, has Matt's other podcast, Discontinued on Display. And Matt and Chris are doing discontinued holiday trips. Um, so that'll be fun. You also can see Matt's Twitch channel on there, as well as his blog. Um, and as we move into the holidays, you're going to see that a lot of our episodes are going to begin to switch over to holiday theming here shortly. So I uh, cannot believe it's already November. I hope you and your family had a great Halloween. But here we are moving into November. We're, what, seven weeks away at this point, away from Christmas. So um, anyway, it is closing time. We're going to go ahead and wrap up the show. Let's raise our glasses. This show has been on us. We'll see you again real soon. Thank you for listening to a Sorcerer Network podcast. Thank you.